Okay, good evening. Broadcasting live, October 2nd, 2015. Today we have a quote from the Majjhima Nikaya. Why don't we break it in half, Robin, will you start reading and I'll stop you and I'll pick up. Sure. When you are living together in harmony and without contention, a certain person might do something wrong or transgress. Concerning this, you should not hasten to re reproof. The person should be examined. In correcting him, you might think, I won't get annoyed, nor will he, for he is without anger and irritation. He is quick to see and easy to convince. I have the power to raise this person from the unskillful and establish him in the skillful. If you think this, then it is right to speak. If you think, I won't get annoyed, but he will, for he is irritable, angry, slow to see, but easy to convince. I have the power to raise this person from the unskillful and establish him in the skillful. His annoyance is but a small thing. The great thing is that I will be able to establish him in the skillful. If you think this, then it is right to speak. Okay. If you think I will get annoyed, but he won't, for he is not prone to irritability or anger, he is quick to see, but difficult to convince. But I have the power to raise this person from the unskillful and establish him in the skillful. My annoyance is but a small thing. The great thing is that I will be able to establish him in the skilled. If you think this, then it is right to speak. If you think I will get annoyed, and so will he, for he is irritable, angry, slow to see, and hard to convince. But still, I have the power to raise this person from the unskillful and establish him in the skillful. My annoyance is but a small thing. The great thing is that I will be able to establish him in the skilled. If you think this, then it is right to speak. However, if you think I will get annoyed, and so will he, for he is irritable, angry, slow to see, and difficult to convince, and I don't think I have the power to raise him from the unskillful and establish him in the skillful, then in this case, have equanimity towards that person. So we have an example here of laying out in quite some detail. It's an example of <clears throat> dealing with disputes, dealing with difficulties, dealing with conflict. These sort of passages are all over the Vinaya and in the suttas as well. This is from the Majjhima Nikaya, the suttas. And together they they put together they have a, put together a real framework for conflict resolution, which not really being I mean conflict resolution in the traditional sense isn't exactly the core of Buddhism, but it does tie in nicely with the idea of resolving suffering overcoming suffering and overcoming the cause of suffering because conflict is very much part of that cause or it's one way of describing the cause like when we study peace studies it was really interesting when I was at university last time took a class on peace studies <clears throat> and uh, learned about conflict resolution and, and surprised to see how much of Buddhism is found in it and how how compatible it is with the Buddhist teaching. They talk about the three kinds of violence, 
um, physical violence, structural violence, and cultural violence. And these tie in quite nicely with the three trainings. So physical violence is actually hurting each other with sticks and stones. And that's overcome by the first training in Buddhism, morality. Um, structural violence is the structures that oppress or that um, cause harm just by virtue of the structure, the the impetus, the the inertia, sorry, not the impetus, the inertia of having the structure. And this is a description of wrong concentration on a personal level. This means the habits that we've formed where we focused our mind in the wrong way. So it's it's counteracted by focusing your mind in the right way, having strong focus of mind so that you build the right mental structure. And cultural violence is views, beliefs, opinions. Um, and this is counteracted by wis with wisdom. So it's things like that, and they talk about personal conflict, inner conflict, uh, as being a mirror or a a, um, a smaller version of uh, like global conflict, that kind of thing. <clears throat> so here we have conflict in a monastery or in a community. That's quite useful in and of itself, but it also deals with the same sort of uh, issues that we have to deal with in our meditation in terms of combating inner conflict, dealing with our annoyances, dealing with the uh, states of mind. Now, if you have a state of mind that is problematic and you feel that you can um, you can bear with it, learn from it, then you should just allow it to be and, and watch it and be and observe it, you know. Not exactly allow, allow it to be, but you shouldn't crush it, you shouldn't run away from it, you shouldn't get up and leave because you're having a, this mind state. You should stick with it. But if you can't, then uh, you have to find a way to uh, to back, back away from it in the meantime. It's the same sort of ideas. But here we have this detailed idea of uh, whether you'll get angry or whether they will get angry, whether they are... <clears throat> Quick to see or slow to see, easy to convince, difficult to convince. It's um, it's it shows the idea that you can't. There's no one answer to the issue of conflict. Conflict is something that you have to deal with based on the situation, the this the individual case by case conflict. You have to understand the conflict. You have to understand all the variables of the conflict. And so you can ask yourself, you know, how easy is it to know all of these variables? Because that's what you need. You need to be familiar and you need to be mindful. You need to be alert so that you can gauge and you need to be objective so that you're able to see, so that you are clear of the variables, clear of what's going on in the conflict. Is it, how is the other person going to react if I tell them, hey, don't do that? You have to ask yourself, what is our relationship? Are they my senior, my superior, or are they my junior, someone who is likely to look up to me, or so on? 
And this is why mindfulness is so important rather than rules or guidelines. Mindfulness allows you to see the variables, allows you to see the situation for what it is, allows you to stay present. And if you do so, if you begin to act improperly, you'll see it quickly because you'll see the results, you can feel the results yeah, because you're present. So generally, the, the best way to deal with conflict, to deal with problems in our lives, is to start with mindfulness, to have a base of mindfulness. It's the one thing that you need at all times, in all situations. Anyway, Robin, did you have anything to say? You said you liked this quote. I did like that quote. It just, you know, just reminds me of right speech. Okay, do we have any questions? We do. When meditating, should I adjust posture slightly when experiencing pain? Pain in the back, for example. You should try to be mindful of it first. If that doesn't work, then you can adjust. Bunday, during the day there are some unoccupied moments. Is it okay to slip in a few five-minute mini, mini meditations each day, say sitting in a chair? This seems to aid mindfulness, or could it be harmful? No, it wouldn't be harmful, absolutely not. That's a great idea, especially in between work. I was just telling someone today that take breaks from work. When you do study, when you study for an exam or something, take five minutes out to do meditation. Absolutely, it'll make your work easier, it'll refocus you. No, meditation won't hurt. The only the only way it can become a problem, I think I was telling someone this morning, is if you push yourself too hard. If you push yourself to the point that you're really forcing yourself to meditate. Uh, or if you're too gung-ho about it in the sense that you're not cautious. Not in terms of amount of meditation, but cautious in terms of how you approach experience. Like, are you still being objective or are you just uh, following anything? Yeah really too gung-ho about meditation to the point where you lose your objectivity. That's where it can become dangerous. As long as you're objective and you're careful, you can meditate you know, hours and hours a day. What does pressing the prayer hands do? Hmm. Nothing. It does give us... It, actually, for the chat, it's more useful because it gives us a sense of People like this question or that question. And it's it's, um, it's a way of expressing appreciation. It's a wholesome de wholesome act. When you click it, it can be considered in some cases a wholesome act. You say, I appreciate what you just said. It's, it's wholesome. Unless they said, hey, that monk's a jerk. And then you hit, hit yeah, I agree. And then you're sharing in the unwholesome. And, and we need the, thumb, the thumbs down for that comment. Bonte, will you be doing a class in Florida soon? I haven't been in... Um, shouldn't say that. I'm probably going to see my mother in December, uh, but I haven't contacted the people at the university there. So if they're watching this, I don't suppose any of them are on here. 
but I should get in touch with them. If I get in touch with them, I'll uh, probably see if they're going if they'd organize something. I guess it's getting close now. Gee, first, already yeah. October. Two months. Two months. That's it. Yes. I'm so busy with things here. Next week, next Friday, we have the Peace Walk. I'm giving a talk at the university. We're having our first lecture, and I'm giving it. Did I mention that already? No. The first talk is on, I've, I've decided the talk's going to be on enlightenment in the digital age. And I'm going to talk about all you guys and this hangout thing and our appointment system. That's just part of it. But I'll be talking about how I got into using the internet for spreading the Dhamma, for teaching, for spiritual upliftment. Another question regarding the, the praying hands. Can you upvote as long as you are registered or must you log meditation in order to be able to? anything to do with logging meditation. Bhante, I realize you are trying to encourage meditation, but don't you think logging one's meditation might be detrimental to some because it might give rise to allocating meditation for a period of the day? rather than continuous mindfulness. Guess what? Non-meditators only get one question per session. Average Joe is a non-meditator. Everyone? You can all go boo. You only get one question. That would be unwholesome now, wouldn't it? We won't boo you, but it's an excuse for me not to answer your question. I am doing an all-day retreat at home tomorrow. Any tips? No. Good for you. Tomorrow we have our first day of mindfulness, if anyone shows up. Nine to four. So you can consider that you're joining our day of mindfulness. Very nice. Now, don't be afraid to do meditation. Don't be afraid to do it. And Try to stay um, try to try to stay with the practice, even if it gets difficult, basically, no matter what happens, because your mind will trick you into thinking, "Oh, I have to stop or I have to do this or something's getting in my way. Try to be just very mindful of it. Always remember, be objective and mindful. Will you record the talk you do at the university? Uh, probably, yes. So Average Joe realizes that you got him there, so hopefully he'll be meditating next time and get to ask two or three questions. Hello, Bhante. I am visiting Sri Lanka in December. Do you have any suggestions on enhancing my practice while I'm there? Um, I'd recommend going to Nisarana. Good place. Go talk to Dhammaji Wahandru. What is that? Is, is that a city or a monastery? Nisarana is the meditation center. Nisarana.lk, I think, is their website. Okay. 
Bhante Dhammaji was the teacher. Nice guy. Very, very smart. His English isn't perfect, but good enough. Definitely good enough. It's actually quite good. So what do you have planned for the day of mindfulness? Uh, just teaching in the morning and letting people practice all day. Now the list of logged in users is sorted. What's it sorted? Oh, is it? You hit it if you refresh What's the page. It sorted? I think it worked. I hope it worked. Oh, sorted alphabetically, sort of. Okay, sorted alphabetically by people whose names are uppercase, followed by people whose names start with lowercase, yeah. and also sorted by meditators and non-meditators. That's just the default sort. It's because there's HTML in there as well. It's That's why it recognizes the non-meditators first, just because it's parsing the HTML as well. That's nice. It is nice. That's fancy, now people, too. Now everyone's not moving around, and we can tell where people are. I like it they're not moving around. That's... It always brings my eye to it, and it's distracting. I like that. So it looks like it's sorting alphabetically, and if your your name is in uppercase, and if you're maybe on mobile. So Fernando is in his own category right. there. Yeah, because of the HTML, because of the image HTML. Hmm. Oh, well, fewer fewer questions, no? Which is nice. Mm. You don't need, but average Joe says he doesn't need my approval. Absolutely not. You don't need anyone's approval. Though it helps because how do you know if you're on the right path if you don't uh, listen to the approval of people who you consider to be wise? So if you don't need my approval, it could be because you don't consider me to be wise, which is cool. But sometimes it's good to find some find people who you think are wise and then be sure that you have their approval. Because if you don't, then something's wrong. If you consider someone to be wise but you don't have their approval, then, then it's a good way of knowing if you're on the right track or not. And then, then there's we just always sometimes we always seek. In some cases, we seek approval all the time, constantly. 
need to be reaffirmed that we have value that's a sign of low self-esteem but if you don't if you don't seek approval from anyone it's often a sign of ego which you have to be careful of so too much approval or not enough approval you gotta watch out for either side Bhante, if I can't understand exactly what emotion I'm feeling during meditation, do I simply note feeling to avoid mislabeling and confusing myself of reality? Yeah, feeling, feeling is fine. You can often, if it's a negative one, you can just say disliking because it's generally a, some sort of disliking. Or if it's a positive one, it's liking. Or if it's confused or so on. In fact, when you're confused about what something is, then you can just acknowledge confused, confused, and that works really well. It helps to clear things up as well. There was one video, the video two nights ago, three nights ago, called Annihilationism. Somehow, it must have gotten posted somewhere because 3,000 people have watched that video. Hmm. It's extraordinary compared to the others. You don't tag these with anything, do you? No. Somehow people like the word, maybe. I don't Maybe someone... Sometimes what happens is someone posts it on a, a website and it gets taken up. Maybe they thought it was about something much different than what it was. Maybe, maybe annihilationism means <laughs> some, to some people. Why would the Buddha strive to become a Buddha instead of just an arahan, arahant? Same result, no? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing is we're not, we're not clones, we're not robots. Everyone has their own path. Even all arahants are different. So... The bodhisattva, the time when he became a bodhisattva, he, that was his inclination, that was his path. We Some some have the inclination to become a Pacheka Buddha, some have the inclination to become an Arahat. It's not really a judgment. Like, oh, bad, you didn't become a Buddha, or why the heck did you bother becoming a Buddha? We take pe people go in their own path, and that's an important rule to remember in in Buddhism. That we're not, it's not one size fits all, or maybe it's one size fits all. Well, maybe not. Everyone has their own needs. So we take we take people through this vipassana meditation course. It's kind of one size fits all, but we understand that people are, are different and they'll get different results out of it. Some people won't succeed in the course at all just because their path is much longer, maybe because they've determined to become a Buddha. So they won't be able to attain sotapanna or, or, or anything. Bhante, in the time of the Buddha, would the Bodhisattva have been aware of such a status as an Arahant? I mean, were those things understood back then? Sorry? Back in the time of the Buddha, would, would the, before his enlightenment, would the Bodhisattva have even been aware of such a thing as an Arahant? Well, they had the name. But, Did they? You know, he didn't know. Yeah, they used the words. Arahat just means one who, a saint, kind of. 
Okay, so they had that concept back then, even before yeah, his enlightenment. The, the word itself was probably, I don't know if it's Buddhist or pre-Buddhist, but most of the words the Buddha used are pre-Buddhist. He just adapted them. and Like the word saint, you know, what is a saint in Buddhism? What is a saint in Christianity? We still use the word saint, but we have a different meaning. Okay, thank you. Ponte, sometimes during meditation my breath becomes so subtle I can't find it. Should I stay with it until I find it again? or should I switch to a different object? No, you can just say sitting, sitting, or if you feel calm, you can say calm, calm. I mean, I don't focus, we don't focus on the breath, so I don't know exactly, I'm not, I'm not sure, but now you're a non-meditator, so you may not have even read my booklet. If you haven't read my booklet, I'd recommend you start there, and then you'll have an idea of what I teach. I don't teach exactly mindfulness of the breath i teach mindfulness of the body which is kind of based on the breath but still we're focusing on the movement of the body if meditating is really hard at some time should i do it anyway or try again later you know it depends on how hard is really hard if it's if it's just and I don't think there's any case where you should not meditate because it's too hard, but you sometimes have to adapt. If sitting meditation is too hard, you could get up and walk. If walking meditation is too hard, you could sit down. Or if both are too hard, you could lie down. You know, there are ways of making it a little bit easier on yourself, kind of as a temporary solution, but you have to just be careful that you're not running away from meditation. Like there was one meditator... Um, First he had a first he was sitting on the floor and we said you could use a cushion, so he had this little cushion and he put underneath him. And then that worked for a while and then he decided to put another cushion and then another cushion. And eventually he was he was might as well have been sitting on a chair. And I said, you know, the point is to go the other way. The point is if you want to start on a chair, you can work your way down, but you're headed in the wrong direction. So that's the only concern is that you don't you're not getting further and further away from the meditation. Eventually you have to make a stand. And you have to slowly get to the point where you can meditate through anything. I liked your video on standing meditation and lying meditation. Those were interesting because you don't really hear about standing meditation much, but you have mm. a good video on that and it's it's interesting for, you know, kind of a, a niche kind of a meditation. I thought it was interesting. I don't remember that video. <laughs> you do. You you have standing and lying, which is just interesting because normally it's, mm -hmm. of course, walking and sitting. But you have both. Pante, is becoming a private Buddha much easier than a fully enlightened Buddha? It's easier. Depends what you mean by how by much easier. They're both darn difficult. Darn difficult. Damn difficult. And Average Joe mentioned that he is a meditator, but he doesn't need to log his hours to show anyone. That 
I think now he's just trolling us. Is that no. No? No, he he's says... trolling us? I don't think he's trolling us. He says, this is my path, the path this monk sent, sent me on. So he follows you, but he doesn't want to log his time to show anyone else. Bhante, I've been told and read that the Buddha was raised Hindu. Is this true? Next. Fernando, a Buddha is a Buddha. Both are fully enlightened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I can't. This is, <laughs> it's getting too late. It's been a really, today was, we put this poster up and uh, we got this poster made up for the Peace Walk next week and had someone submitted it. And then I was looking over it, just looking over it as it, as it had been posted on the internet and realized we'd forgotten to put the date on it. I had sent it to everyone. They said, oh, it looks wonderful, fabulous, perfect. No one actually read it. And then I realized it doesn't even have the date on it. So then we, oh, so I've all day, I've, and I had a quiz today and aced my Latin quiz. But uh, enough, enough. I can't answer all these questions. I mean, really, Wikipedia is good for a lot of these. If you're interested in, if you have, like, meditation questions are a lot more interesting to me. Um, to some extent, I'm, you know, I'm happy to answer these, but not after this much of a day. Enough of a day already. Any more day and I can't take it. So, good night, everyone. Good night, Bhante. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for showing up. Uh, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.